Hey Casey, do you like Harry Potter? I love Harry Potter, Bo. I love Harry Potter as well, but do you know what I kind of miss about it? What's that? The joy and excitement of reading through the series for the first time. True, there's nothing like that first experience. Introducing A Muggle's Perspective. This podcast follows Brayden, a muggle, who somehow made it 24 years into life without reading a Harry Potter book or seeing a Harry Potter movie, on his journey through the books for the first time. Hosted by Harry Potter expert, Rogie, who helps guide Brayden through the books, pointing out important details and creating an in-depth experience for the listeners. Whether you're a Harry Potter veteran or someone who has never found the time to read through the series, experience all of the feelings of reading the Harry Potter series for the first time through Brayden's eyes and pick up some special extra information from Rogie's hours of dedication to the series. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Sports Shenanigans with Houston and Mullet. This is our NBA edition for this week. We have a few different headlines to get to, so let's jump right in. First up, the Rich Paul rule. So, the league made it a new rule that in order to be an agent representing players, you now need a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. This is believed, well, I mean, it's basically a fact, that it is because of Rich Paul, who does not have a bachelor degree, because he has become one of the most power, or the most powerful agent in the NBA. He represents LeBron James, as well as many other stars, including Anthony Davis, and a whole, whoever else is a part of Clutch Sports. Um, and he's got a whole network of agents on that thing this rule is getting a lot a lot a lot of controversy all the way from you know requiring a bachelor's degree in today's society to racism to i mean it's just a whole spectrum of issues issues um and so the rich paul what do you make of the the We'll call it the Rich Paul rule. So the Rich Paul rule, when I saw it, I'm not going to lie, I laughed because I didn't know this wasn't a thing, honestly. I kind of just figured people who picked agents, like, picked an agent who has, like, a degree in, like, law or something. Law, contract negotiating, something like that. I don't know what degree you need to have in this. So I kind of just thought it was a thing that, I mean, it was already in is like an unwritten rule. Like I understand um, people wanting like maybe like their brother to represent them and like your brother is just a regular Joe like everybody else and you just want to keep it in the family so that you have someone you trust. Um, but I also – I get why the NBA has done this because having someone who has gone to school, I don't know if there's requirements on the exact degree – or if it's just a degree in general. Um, but to have a degree like in law 
degree in MBA. I don't know what, but mm-hmm. like at least have an idea of what they need to talk about, who they need to talk it with and money wise. Cause I mean, that helps out the players a lot. I mean, so I understand that aspect of it, but I also think it's kind of dumb cause it's just dumb. Why do you have to have a degree? This rule, I think, is not a great look for the league. Um, I mean, in today's world, like a college degree used to be like a really big deal. Um, and it's still somewhat of a big deal. Hey, we went to college, uh, bro. That's a big deal. Yeah, I paid a we lot got, of money got, for that. Oh, yeah. Um, you talk about, I mean, it's great to further education and have a degree and whatever, but there's a lot of people who have been successful who have been college dropouts who never went to college, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, all these guys, uh, Google and Apple, right after I graduated from college, took away the requirement to have a degree to work at their company. So the degrees, I mean, it's a lot of people are getting degrees nowadays, so it's becoming less it's and less. It's great for school, guys. Yeah. It's becoming less and less important. Uh, not so much in a way that if you don't get one, you're better off. But a lot of people cannot get a further degree, and the experience will take them further than the degree would. So I think it's kind of an old way of thinking to kind of say that you have to have a degree to do this. Obviously... Rich Paul doesn't have a degree, and he's become the most powerful agent in the NBA. And I mean, it helps that he started out, he's LeBron's boy. Yeah. Um, so that helps. But then anyone who's not qualified and doesn't have a degree, who's not friends with the best player in the league, doesn't become as successful. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Rich Paul is like the rare case and people just don't like that he's the guy so they've made this rule now to try and prohibit people from like him getting into the league and i think it it um it takes away people who don't have the opportunity to get a degree can no longer have an avenue to get into the sports management business Mm -hmm. in that way because now you have to have a degree and maybe, you know, there are people who don't have the funds. They don't have the ability to get that degree, but they would be like Rich Paul would be really good yeah. at that job. So I just think it's a really dumb rule. I don't know why this rule was made other than they just don't like that Rich Paul has become a powerful agent, which in every era of the NBA, there's been a powerful agent that's running things and manages multiple players and, Puts the, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think it's a dumb rule. I don't know why it was made. Next topic, Carmelo Anthony went on first take to talk about how he still wants to play in the NBA. He says he knows he can still play. He said it's more about him accepting other roles, which is uh, sure. positive coming from Carmelo Anthony because the biggest concern with him is that he's not what he used to be and he doesn't know that. Uh-huh. Um, so it sounds like he's come to accept that. He's not what he used to be. Um, he did say that he had accepted coming off the bench with the Rockets, but when they told him he couldn't make the rotation and he uh, he couldn't believe that 
there, there wasn't a place for him to fit in in a nine-man rotation. Uh, he says he's been talking with a lot of teams. He says he brings leadership and contribution from the bench. Do you think Carmelo still has a place in this league? Uh, I think he has a place in the league still. Um, I think it's on really bad teams. I don't think it's on any kind of playoff team because I wouldn't want to have Melo on that team because he doesn't bring enough. So, like, the Bulls, I would say the Hawks if they didn't sign Vince Carter again. The Knicks could sign him again. But, like, really, really bad teams are the only teams that could really sign him or at least should sign him. Uh, he can bring some leadership. It, his leadership's questioned in the past. But, I mean, he does have experience in the league. He knows how to tell the younger guys, hey, this is how you stay in the league. This is what you should do. Kind of help them progress and build, uh, and know how to have a long career instead of just a short stint in the NBA. So he can – I mean, he can be good to the team, but, like, I don't think he's going to contribute very much. Yeah, I think uh, two of the teams that they talked about were the Lakers and the Clippers. The Lakers mainly because him and LeBron are boys and have talked about playing forever. On a team like the Lakers or the Clippers, they aren't looking for leadership. They've got Kawhi. They've got Paul George. They've got LeBron. They've got – yeah, and the type of production, like you said, Carmelo's production has gone way down, especially after he was released by the Rockets early in the year and never made it on another team. So – a year out of the league. I think part of it, I think he did show good leadership in the last Olympics when he was like the guy, you know, LeBron didn't go, Steph didn't go, but he is a guy that has been talked about as a guy who hasn't, I mean, obviously LeBron is, you know, he puts what, seven figures in his body every year. The Carmelo has been a guy that hasn't necessarily taken care of his body. Well, that's why he's deteriorated so quickly. I mean, like you said, a, t- a young team, I think Miami might be interested in Carmelo Anthony with Jimmy Butler and coming off the bench. Oklahoma City, if they can't move Chris Paul, might be just because they're, yeah. they're boys and they want to yeah. sell tickets um, in OKC. That was sell tickets. The Phoenix Suns could be a team that are young and – Looking at uh, Bulls, the Kings, the Wizards, if they trade Bradley Beal and John Wall, and I don't know. But oh. maybe Memphis, you know, is it one of these small market teams looking to sell tickets, looking for a guy who can, a veteran. Um, but I just don't think his production's where it's been. Clay Thompson came out and said he thinks it is premature and ignorant to call the Warriors dynasty over, saying they still have Steph, who's a two-time MVP. They have Draymond, who's been a defensive player of the year. Said it's hard to lose Iguodala and Livingston, but they're excited about getting D'Angelo Russell, Willie Cauley-Stein, and Kayvon Looney back. Do you agree with Clay Thompson that it is premature and ignorant to say that the Warriors dynasty is over? I think it's premature to say that... Their dynasty is over. I think that the dynasty of we are the best team in the world is over because it's over. But I think there's still a playoff team that can compete for the championship. I mean, this league, it, because of what Kawhi did, is so diverse. Like, it can go any direction now that, I mean, Steph and Clay are 
great like all-star players and if you had Draymond that equals out to basically two superstars there which with Steph and the two of them um and so that equals out with most of the league each team basically has two superstars now it seems and so they can compete I don't think they're going to be number one like they have been in the past they'll be in the lower half of it I really like D'Angelo Russell I wish he hadn't been traded to the Warriors because I wanted him to go somewhere else and to become one of the best point guards in the league. But I think it could it could be good with him there. Uh, Kali Stein is a good player. And so I think that they are still able to compete, but I don't know if they're they're not the best team anymore. There's no really the best team. Yeah, I think they... I wouldn't say it's premature or inerrant to say the dynasty's over. I don't think they are looking at a championship this year. Clay will be coming back late in the year. Steph mm. and Draymond's uh, efficiency offensively went down a lot. He's Usually as players get older, the defense also goes down, especially if you're undersized like Draymond is. Outside of Steph, Clay, Draymond, and D'Angelo Russell, there's not – really anybody on that team i mean you've got mm-hmm. willie collie stein and Kayvon looney to play the five but what else i don't know another player on the team right now they've lost them all so yeah, yeah I, I think don't know. i think ultimately the death is what's going to be that kills them especially with unless they trade russell for something at the trade deadline but which um, they very well could i mean yeah but i mean steph and russell are not great defenders and play and Draymond are good defenders, but I mean, this team defensively won't be what it's been when it had clay Durant Draymond. And I mean, it's just not going to be, it's not going to be what it was. It's an, I, I think they're going to creep into the playoffs, but then they're looking at an early exit, especially since Steph clay and Draymond will also be coming off of five straight trips to the finals. Will the Chris Paul rule cost, Chris Paul a championship. So there the league had been over thirty six. You couldn't you couldn't if your player was thirty five you couldn't sign like a three year deal. Because then he'd be over thirty six. He's gotta reassign another deal then and the teams don't get trapped. Chris Paul is the president of the Players Association, so he negotiated for that to be the over 38 contract rule. So when he was 33, 34, he signed this four-year max deal that now no one wants because now he's 35 and can't play as well as he was. Do you think, I mean, this contract, do you think that's going to be what costs him a championship? I think it costs him a championship where he is a great player or at least a good player. So he won't win, he's not winning a championship in the next couple of years. He's going to have to go through this entire contract and then sign a one-year contract with the best team in the league and become the backup point guard. So that part, that's how he it costs him a championship. He can still get one, but he's not going to get one as the player, the starting point guard. He'll get one if he gets one as a backup point guard role player. I think the only way he gets one in the near future is if OKC does buy him out and says we can't find anybody to take Mm -hmm. his contract. We don't want to be stuck with him for the next three years as we try to rebuild. Which, I mean, if you're looking at Mello situation, like 
that argument could be made for Chris Paul that he brings leadership. OKC is not getting free agents anyway, so they're not going to be paying a lot of money to draft picks, you know, if they're looking to rebuild and bringing in young guys to be coached up by Chris Paul, that could be a strategy since they're not, I mean, your draft, you're not looking at big free agents coming into Oklahoma city. So that could be, but if they decide to buy him out and he decides to go to like the Clippers or the Lakers for a minimum deal or something, and he's going to be the starting point guard on those teams this year, that'd be the only way I see it happening in the near future. Otherwise he will be on coming off the bench for a team that's contending if he's going to win a title. There was a point in time where we thought Chris Paul would be going to the Lakers and that trade was vetoed by the league. What that was right when Kobe was winning championships and Gasol was there. And do you think the legacy for Chris Paul turns out differently if that trade's allowed? Um, I do think that his legacy would be vastly different because, I mean, he'd be playing with Kobe Bryant, who we don't argue him as the GOAT, but like. He's probably one of the closest players that we can actually compare to Michael Jordan. Yeah. Because they're the same like position, about the same, same size. size. They played very similar. I watched a video the other day where like they played parts of Jordan's game and then immediately played uh, parts of Kobe's game, and it was identical. It looked like the same exact player playing. So he Kobe's a little bit slept on and all that, but... With Chris Paul playing with Kobe, I don't know if Chris Paul would be necessarily considered as one of the top point guards because Kobe was so ball dominant and didn't mm-hmm. share the ball. So Chris Paul might still be a great the great player there, but I don't know if he becomes who he, he is now. I do think that he would have some championships, but I don't think they'd be like, oh, Chris Paul was the guy that year. It was Kobe's the guy that year. Well, I think... There is some benefit, though, even if you're not the, the guy on the team. You look oh, yeah. at the Miami Heat team, Chris Bosh will be in the Hall of Fame. He probably isn't if he stays in Toronto doing 20-10 and 10 and not making the playoffs and whatever. But being on a team with LeBron and Dwayne Wade and winning two titles and going for I mean, he's looked at as one of the great players. The same case can be made for Kevin Love. That title kind of changes. I don't know if necessarily he's a Hall of Famer, but that title does change a lot for him and his legacy. Kyrie Irving gets put in that position. to He's a household name now because he was on that team. I mean, I think there is benefit to being on a team that's playing into late June and put people remember, regardless of whether you're the guy or not. But... I do, I do think he if he comes in there, it helps lessen the load on Kobe. Kobe maybe doesn't get as hurt and has as steep a decline as he had. They probably ride that out for a couple more years, and they're in the finals and stuff. I mean, that trade would have happened around the time when the Heat got together with LeBron in them, so. It would have been a battle between probably the Lakers and Miami. But, yeah, I think, I think it could be different. But this is – he's just kind of come into this time where he's one of the great point guards we've seen, but he could never get far in the playoffs. Yep. Speaking of 
what could have been. Is this a second chance for Doc Rivers having Kawhi and Paul George on this Clippers team? He won 11 years ago with the Celtics, and he just hasn't had a lot of success since then. Well, it's not really Doc Rivers' second chance. The Celtics was actually his second chance because he coached in uh, Orlando before that, and he paired up Grant Hill and Tracy McGrady, and that didn't turn out. Then he went to the Celtics, and it worked when he got the big three. Then he had, for his third chance, the Clippers um, with Chris Paul, J.J. Redick, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and whoever played small forward there. And so now I feel he's on his fourth chance. So fourth chance is the charm to get another title. I think he's got a really good team there. I think they're definitely the f- one of the favorites, if not the favorite. It really just depends on who you talk to, uh, whether they're a Laker fan or they're a Clipper fan or they're a LeBron fan or a Kawhi fan. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it all depends on – I mean, this is this is the chance for Doc Rivers to get back to the top. I think yep. regardless of what number – of chance it is yep. this is this he won't get a better team than what he has right now to do it mm-hmm. some signings so you had cj mccollum signed three years hundred million dollars extension with the blazers uh draymond green signed four years hundred million dollar extension with the warriors still not sure what those are both considered max deals but clearly mccollum's getting more per year more. than draymond is uh, Vince Carter signs with the Hawks for a record 22nd year in the league. And Udonis Haslam re-signed with the Heat for his 17th season. Vince Carter played, what, 76 games last year? and Yeah, something he, like that. He's still, I mean, so relevant. Years. Yeah, 22 years is crazy. Udonis Haslam played 10 games last year. Uh, so, yep. So, not quite as impressive, <laughs> but yeah. he but he is the guy who came in with Dwayne Wade and won that first champion. He's the only guy left on the Heat that won that championship in '06, and he's been there his whole career. Uh, we've got a little segment here we're going to talk about. It's our five players to watch for this upcoming year in the NBA. Casey's going to start us off with his five. So my number one guy to watch, in my opinion, is Jahil Okafor. So for those who don't know who Jahil is, he is now the starting in whatever position Anthony Davis played, whether it was center or power forward. So last year, Jahil averaged eight points and four rebounds for the season. But in those games where Anthony Davis was out for, like, they were talking about trading him, not trading him, and all that, he averaged 21 points, 11 rebounds, and 2.5 blocks in 32 minutes a game and was shooting 74% from the floor. So that is a very solid uh, player to have on your team mm-hmm. who's averaging 2010 with almost three blocks. I would take that for it. Any team, if you can have that. Granted, he probably won't average exactly that, but like his rookie year when he played a lot, he averaged 17. So like he's a player who will add, who will put points up on the board. He'll get rebounds. 
He'll do some blocks. His biggest weakness is defense. Um, he's a very, very traditional big. He does not shoot threes very often. So that's what's hurting him. Um, if you dropped him back in the 80s, early 90s, he would have been probably the one of the most dominant players in the game. But I think that he is a guy to watch that could – he could pan out and be really good, especially since the Pelicans have a, a very young team um, with quite a few young guys who are considered stars now. What are your thoughts on that one, Bill? Yeah, I think uh, I, I just want to say I so I had a different definition of five players to watch than Casey did. So Casey had I, I'm not sure what Casey's definition was, but my definition I think his his was more like young guys who let's see what they do is that yeah. that's how I intended. So what so when I think of five players to watch, I was thinking of if I'm scrolling through channels, what is going to make me want to watch a regular season NBA game? <laughs> and so like Jahil Okafor. Not necessarily going to make me want to watch a regular season game, but he is a player to watch on the rise in a new role. And exciting mm-hmm. to see. Um, I think I'd agree with that. I don't know if he'd be my top guy, but um, well, I don't he's know. Definitely a guy to watch. Guy. He's the first guy I came up with. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> really, that's what it was. He was the first guy I came up with. Um, and then the next one is Markel Fultz. So we have all written him off as one of the biggest busts in the NBA. Um, he's basically not played a game, it feels like. I mean, he's played a couple, not a lot. He's the youngest player in the NBA to have recorded a triple-double, so I feel like that means something, <laughs> at least a little bit. I don't know if it means a lot, but the reason he isn't playing is he has a thoracic outlet syndrome. And that is, it affects the nerves between the neck and shoulders, resulting in abnormal functional movement and range of motion. So if you've looked up him and his free throw shooting where he is like wobbling all over the place to shoot the ball, that's why he has thoracic outlet syndrome. So if he, if this were to go away, I think that, I don't know if he'll ever develop into a a big, huge star. I don't think, I didn't think he should have been the first pick in general that year. But, I mean, he could definitely, I feel like, develop into a very good player who could win most improved if he were to actually play a full season. Uh, yeah, I uh, I mean, he's definitely a player to watch. I didn't realize that he had – that was his problem because every all year long it was like, why can't he shoot, why can't he shoot, why can't he shoot? That's why. If he has that, I don't know if he ever will be able to shoot. Because that's, that's I mean, I mean, a syndrome is different than an injury. Like that's like something internal in his body that does not work. Yeah, um, that's why it's question mark next to his name. I mean that. I mean, unless they can find like some sort of like medication or something. To, I mean, I mean that's a big deal as mm-hmm. far as especially neck and shoulders when you're a basketball player. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I do think I agree that he shouldn't have been the first pick. And when you look back at that draft and you look at the 76ers and you go, if they don't draft Markel Fultz and they draft Jason Tatum or they draft Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. like 
They're a really good team. You have Simmons, Embiid, and one of those guys instead of Fultz who busted. Now you don't have him. Mm-hmm. They, and you didn't get much for him. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It, it could have been a good team the past couple of years and be really good coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, my third player is Jalen Brown. Uh, he averaged 13 points, four rebounds, and one assist last year. He shot 36. Uh, percent from three um with Kyrie leaving um somebody on that team has to step up and be the star um granted there's quite a few players that could probably step up and be the star but Jalen Brown has I think he's been there the longest um and I feel like he can definitely become uh, the more focal point without Kyrie Irving they could, the Celtics will rely on him for more dribble penetration and to distribute. He'll have to compete with Jason Tatum to be that star, but I think with being in the year, being in the league a year or so longer than him, he will have a little bit more of a like, okay, this is what I need to do. Whereas Tatum is still trying to figure some stuff out. I wrote this list before the Kimba news came through, so I think Kimba might be the star on that team now, mm-hmm. but. I think Jalen Brown still can become the star of that team and help lead them into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think Jalen Brown's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. He's been a guy that we've been waiting to kind of bust out and have his big here I am here. Yeah. Next on my list is Kevin Knox. So he averaged 12 points last year, four rebounds, an assist. Um, the reason I put him on here is because the Knicks drafted R.J. Barrett, so Kevin does not have to be the guy of the New York Knicks. So, yeah, really, that's basically it. He's a better spot-up shooter than he is as a distributor or anything like that. Um, R.J. Barrett is a put-it-on-the-ground-and-go-to-the-rim guy, so if he were to go to the rim say, oh, I can't get there, he can shoot it back out to Kevin, who can shoot it. And so he could probably go from averaging 12 to averaging 17 to 20 points a game, which would be awesome for the Knicks because they got to find somebody to help lead them. So that's why he's on it. I mean, again, I picked all young guys. He's a guy to keep an eye on, but I'm not watching any Knicks games. Nope. <laughs> not a single one. So, and then my last, well, actually I have, I have honorable mention, but my last guy is Lonzo Ball. So, I think with the change of scenery might be the best thing ever for him. So when he was drafted, uh, Magic was making comments about putting his jersey in the rafters and being one of the greatest Lakers of all time. He had his dad, who was being crazy, saying his son's the best player ever, better than... Some other words that we won't say. (laughs) Um, So there was so much pressure on him. That, like, no matter what he did, he wasn't going to live up to the expectations. Now he's in New Orleans where there's really not any expectations for him. The expectations are now on Zion who to lead them, and Lonzo can just be him and do what he does best, which is basically just distribute the ball. Um, Lonzo is a great – he's a great defender, um, and he's great on transition. You add him with Drew Holiday and Zion, Zion was drafted – basically because he's an amazing defensive player. He is a great offensive player, but he's better at defense. And then Drew Holiday is a great defense as well. So that that defense can be great. And shooting can be taught in the league. 
Jimmy Butler wasn't a great shooter. Jason Kidd, even Kawhi, all had they all had below average shooting uh, abilities. Um, and now we think of Kawhi as one of the greatest players in the league, and then Jason Kidd's in the Hall of Fame, I think. Fun fact, Brooke Lopez didn't make a three until his ninth season in the league. He finished 17th in threes this year. So it can be taught. It may take a while, but it can be taught. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I think Lonzo could flourish, and I think he's got to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. But I think being on a team that's not in L.A. where he can kind of just work on what he's doing without having all the spotlights, especially being on a team with LeBron, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Zion's not going to help. But being on a team where he can kind of work on his stuff and get better and be with other good young players and kind of grow together, I think that would be good for him. Oh, yeah. And then my honorable mention is Michael Porter Jr. Again, I wrote this before he got hurt again. He was the number one rated player when he came out of high school. Uh, Then he – I forget what he did to his back, but there was something – it was a big injury, and he dropped a lot. And he's on the Nuggets. The Nuggets are already a good team. So even if he were just to average an average, like what Kevin Knox did, 12 points, that's amazing for that team because that's a a bench player who comes on and can score and be a very good asset to that team. He could turn into the Kawhi Leonard of when they won that championship and be the MVP just because – he did the best in that series. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he could take the Nuggets up and over the next level and make them even more of a contender, but he did get hurt again, so he might not do that uh, now. So, like I said, my five is more, if I'm scrolling through the channels, who am I going to watch a regular season game to see? Which now, makes sense. So... My top five ended up being more team-focused just mm-hmm. because teams that have players that I want to see, uh, mm-hmm. and I think it's more fun to watch when there's more than one player on yeah. a team that it, it I want to watch. So now I will preface this by saying I initially made this list. My number one is LeBron James. It turned into the Lakers with LeBron and Anthony Davis, but I made this list before the Anthony Davis trade. This was going to be number one either way. It was LeBron James mm-hmm. because he missed the playoffs this last year. He got hurt. Mm-hmm. These are two things that haven't happened to him in a long, 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 long time. He has faced a lot of criticism for yes. this past year in his first year in L.A., He potentially is facing a role change in moving to point guard for this team at some points. I think LeBron, going into year 17, having a longer offseason than he's had in the past nine years, is going to be coming back to prove himself. He's going to be coming back to prove the critics wrong. He's going to be coming back to reclaim best player in the world. Because right now I think Kawhi currently has that. I would say so. And I think he's going to come back refocused because I think it's tough for anybody. Because LeBron's LeBron got hammered for this, but LeBron knew that that team and everyone knew that that team was not a championship team. 
with the Warriors having Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson. Even if they all got hurt, that team wasn't going to compete with the Warriors. Yes. So, I think LeBron did try his best, although he got hurt, so that affected Mm -hmm. it. But people have criticized him for not trying as hard. And my perspective is, why would you try as hard when you know that it's a it's you're it's not it. don't waste energy like get grow together and you kind of knew that a trade was he probably wasn't going to be with these guys for a long time. Mm-hmm. Especially after Anthony Davis said that he wanted out. Yeah. Now LeBron's got Anthony Davis. This team is before Kawhi and Paul George went to the Clippers was the favorite to win. Mm-hmm. He knows there's a legitimate chance this is the year. I mean, going into year 17, he's not trying to just waste years. No, Um, you can't at this point. So staying healthy, I think he's coming back, recharged, refocused, wanting to prove everybody wrong, show that he's still the best in the world. I think this will be it. The Lakers in general will be an interesting team to watch. My number two also changed – in free agency because Kawhi and Paul George went to the Clippers. So the Clippers are my number two to watch. To see Kawhi, who's the current best player in the world. Mm-hmm. You have Paul George, who I've always liked. You've got Lou Williams coming off the bench with now Kawhi and Paul George. You've got Patrick Beverly. You've got Montrez Harrell. This team is the favorite right now to win. They should be very, very good. I think... This will be a fun team to watch, and it's going to be fun to watch the Lakers and the Clippers play each other. Oh, yeah. Next team is the Celtics. You've got Kemba now. You've got Jason Tatum. You've got Jalen Brown, who are coming up. You've got Gordon Hayward, who I think people forget because he got hurt in the first quarter of the season and was out for the year two seasons ago. Mm -hmm. So this last season, this was his first year playing with these guys, essentially. Yeah. And because he's been there, it was his second year there. You think, Oh, he's been there two years. Like, no, he still was trying to figure out how to play with guys. Yeah. I think Gordon Hayward comes back better. I think Kimba is not what Kyrie was, but I think he might fit better in the system. Mm-hmm. I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown take steps forward. Enos Cantor, I still think, was a steal in free agency, getting him for $5 million a year. And Brad Stevens is one of the best young coaches in the league. And will and he's been known to have teams overperform their expectations. So I think the Celtics will be a team to watch. Zion Williamson, yeah. I mean, Duh. You have to watch Zion Williamson. The All the talk around him, he's must-see TV. Then rounding out at number five, I have a lot of honorable mentions, but rounding out number five is the Utah Jazz because they traded for Mike Conley. Now they've got Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. So that's a new big three to watch. They added Bogdanovich into that lineup from the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Jazz are a team that – will be fun to watch. I think they're a team to keep an eye on. Quinn Snyder's, again, one of the top five coaches in this league. And that's, again, like the Clippers have Doc Rivers. These are all top coaches in this league. So 
I think the NBA will be fun to watch again, having this much parity. Yeah. So what do you, before I go, before I just list my own mentions, what do you think of my list? If I'm flipping through the channels, for the most part, these are the teams that I will, like, oh, the Lakers are playing. Cool, let me see what's going on. I don't necessarily watch the games that much. I don't really no one time. really does a regular season. I was say I don't really have the time to do that. I have other things to do, but for the most part, I just check my phone occasionally, see what's going on, see if anything's crazy happened. Um, but if I again, if I am have the time to do it, I will. I mean, I'll look if Lakers are on. I'll see what's going on. I'll see what LeBron's doing. If the Clippers are on, I'll see what Kawhi's doing. If the Celtics are on, I'll probably stick. I'll put them on because I'm a big Tatum fan. I do like Kimba. I just like I just really kind of like that whole team really. The Pelicans are very would be very interesting to watch because they do have such young talent and they have Zion and to see if any if that meshes, if anybody breaks out, blah blah blah. The Jazz, I don't know if I would actually turn them on the watch because I would think, oh, it's the Utah Jazz. No one They do have a reputation preceding them. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> no one the Utah Jazz. But like I I very much like Mike Conley, I think he's one of the greatest point guards in the league. I mean, any team was one best teammate in, of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think any team would be falling in love head over heels with him if he was on their team. So, like, I really like him. And then I like Donovan Mitchell and Gobert wins defensive player of the year every year, it feels like. Yeah. So, I, I mean – I would love to watch them. I just don't think I'll ever turn them on because they're the Jazz. <laughs> so uh, my honorable mentions. My first one is Brooklyn. The reason it didn't, it probably would have cracked the top five if Durant was healthy. Oh um, yeah. Right now it's just kind of seeing how Kyrie and how they kind of go in the year that Durant's not playing <laughs> but next mm-hmm. year for sure definitely uh, makes the top five they will definitely make the top five and then i have the 76ers they were very close to making it simmons and beat horford harris that's going to be an interesting team i think i would think that at some point at the trade deadline they're moving one of those guys to get perimeter guys because those are just four big guys that can't shoot but they'll play mm-hmm. defense really well and yeah. um, and they're big guys. I mean, they're I mean they're good, but it's just an old style of play for the current league. Mm-hmm. I did have Steph Curry was in my top five, and he got pushed out when D'Angelo Russell went to the Warriors because I thought we were going to get a year where we were going to get to see Steph as the guy and the guy on the Warriors, like. Draymond would still be there, but Draymond's defensive. I thought we were going to get Steph Curry, and now we've got Steph Curry and Russell. <laughs> and so it's just – I mean, it's still going to be interesting. Steph Curry is always oh, a yeah. fun watch, but, but it's not what I thought we were going to get when Durant left. Mm-hmm. Um, then I have the Blazers, who also nearly made it. Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. Nurkic, Hassan Whiteside, they just added Powell. So this is going to be a very good team uh, that I think is going to be very entertaining to watch, but they just don't get a lot of national playtime. And 
Then I had Giannis up in Milwaukee because, I mean, he's the MVP last year. He's one of the most fun players to watch in the league. So mm-hmm. he's up there. And then I have Russ and Harden just because it's going to be interesting to see how they work. And those are two of the more entertaining guys to watch in the league, even though Harden's kind of annoying with the way he bends the rules. But yes. Yes. if you look at the Christmas Day schedule, you've got the Lakers versus the Clippers. You have the Pelicans versus the Nuggets, so you get Zion. You have the Celtics versus the Raptors. You have the Bucks versus the 76ers. And you have the Rockets versus the Warriors. So they've got all their stars lined up to play on Christmas Day. For that day. That's the biggest day of the NBA regular season. So that's all we got for the NBA this week. We're going to wrap it up here. And we will be back next week, I think, maybe with an MLB segment. Maybe with a college football segment. Got some people coming in to talk about those things, potentially. And we'll also be back with any updated news in the NFL and the NBA and whatever else goes on in the sports world until then. Oh, yeah. So make sure to like us on Facebook at Sports Shenanigans HM. Follow us on Twitter at Sports Shenanigans. And send us an email at HMSShenanigans at gmail.com. We literally, we've only gotten emails from people in Switzerland and other international countries wanting to give us much, much, much money with poor grammar and bad spelling. Uh, <laughs> so we didn't respond to those. But uh, we would like emails from people who listen to the show who have their own hot takes or they want to sponsor the show or they want to say, Hey, or they just want to say something that gives us content outside of what we create ourselves. So do that this week. That's what I want you to do before you hear us again. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you for listening.